Hey guys, welcome back to the FAQ show. We've got a lot going on and I'm sure everyone is kind of dealing with some different issues in this time. Uh, so first of all, let me welcome my co-host, Dan Morey. How's it going, brother? It is going well. It's interesting, uh, uncertain times, man. So it's, but it's going well. I, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty fortunate and blessed in this time and, and hopefully everyone else there is as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is unprecedented across the globe that we're we're seeing, uh, you know, this issue with the virus and uh, it's unfolding right in front of us. And we're seeing uh, some of the impact that it's making to specifically uh, the different industries that you and I are involved in. But across the board, I mean, everyone from every single industry is being affected in the economy and, and just health in general. So, um I think, you know, we want to share what is, what maybe what's affecting the staffing industry right now and, and kind of go into that. Um, and, and then we'll, you know, go into where we're at with uh, staffing mastery. Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, obviously an update on staffing mastery, you know, this is a, the reason we chose this is because I'm in this industry and I've been in this industry for a while and I can empathize with the independent staffing owner. And I can tell you right now, the people that we're targeting with this program are, they're scrambling right now. You know, the independent staffing agency owner, especially in that two to $10 million revenue range. I mean, they are, they're scrambling. There's a lot of, a lot of impact, you know, there, there could be an economic downturn, you know, their clients could have less demand. There could be, you know, insurance and claim risk involved with this uh, from a business disruption standpoint to a medical claim standpoint. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now. So our target audience specifically, like many industries is, is being impacted by COVID-19. And, you know, I know our company is, is no different. You know, we're taking a lot of precautions to, to weather this storm and come out stronger on the other side. The interesting thing that I think that, that I find with this, and I'm a silver lining person, is when we started out on this journey, you know, our goal was to help the independent staffing agency grow, you know, similar to what Employment Solutions was able to during the recession. And when we made that commitment, you know, COVID-19 wasn't really a thing yet. And it certainly wasn't here stateside and it certainly wasn't looking to have the economic impact that it's, it's currently having, you know? So I actually think that our blueprint and what we're sharing with people could actually end up being more timely and more needed than, than when we thought on the front end of this thing. So that's pretty cool. But a really quick update about it is that, you know, obviously, as you know, uh, we didn't get the, when we filed this 30 day plan and we switched from Facebook groups to LinkedIn groups based on the industry, we didn't get the level of activity that we needed to right out of the gate with that kind of day one, we did everything, but day two through five was all predicated based on the, the reception of your, your commentary within the LinkedIn groups and the feedback is just slow. It's really, there, there wasn't enough activity to generate any sort of critical mass. So, so we really had to take a look at that and, and decide what do we do? Do we just keep doing more of this or do we pivot and change the plan a little bit? Uh, we obviously, we elected to do the, the, the latter. So just to give you an update, you know, high overview of what we did is we decided to say, hey, let's, let's pump the brakes. We're not going to be held to some arbitrary dates, but let's actually start driving this traffic first. 
And instead of actually just doing more of the LinkedIn stuff, we actually decided to consult with experts, as we told you on the last show. Uh, one of those experts is Incubate Media, and they've actually been pretty effective at driving traffic for other webinar, you know, high ticket item campaigns. So we've actually been talking to them, had a meeting with them last week and said, hey, hey what would your approach to this be? You know, we game planned everything with them and we laid out a pretty good strategic plan that we're going to be putting into place here this week. I think really the impact that that's going to have on the staffing mastery launch might be two to four weeks pushback, you know, so it's not super insignificant, but I think the lesson for our listeners out there is, you know, when you're starting a business and you're saying, Hey, I'm going to go do this thing. It's really, really important to have a plan, but it's also really, really important to realize that a plan always changes. Like a, a plan is only as good until customer contact happens. Right. And then it's kind of out the window. And then you have to realize it's how you respond to that, that resistance or that change that will determine if you're going to be successful or not. And you can oftentimes, again, you have to decide to push through or to pivot. In this case, we looked at the data, we looked at what was going on and we said, Hey, we're going to pivot. And this is how we're going to focus on traffic. And we're going to work with some partners to do that. Whereas, you know, our division of duties is still focused on myself leading the content piece because I need to be singular focused on the content because that's the value that, you know, we're delivering specifically to our customers. And I can't be distracted from that. You know, Sharif is focused on the architecture, the funnel, the building, all of that stuff and the, you know, the back end through click funnels, making sure that that is all straight. Obviously infrastructure is incredibly important to us to make sure that, you know, when we deliver that value that we can basically get that to the people and that, you know, uh, everything works smoothly. So, so that's really the update on it. There's no more substantial updates that I want to share on my end. I'll let share, you know, I'll let Sharif share his in a minute. Uh, but you will actually hear what we're doing specifically, you know, with Incubate Media, the plan they're putting together to drive the traffic as well as some of the other, or one of the other uh, mentor coaches we're working with on this uh, to give guidance on the funnel, which Sharif will be working with them as well um, and show you how that takes shape for Staffing Mastery. But we're still on course, we're driving forward and, and we, we realize that our, our message might be actually more important to these staffing owners now given the, the uncertain economic times. So that's my update, Shreve. Do you have anything going on, like updates on, on your progress or what you've been working on with the, the Staffing Mastery system? Sure. Um, before I get into that, I think I just want to kind of continue with the, the, the discussion that we're having in regards to especially staffing agencies that you deal with so many different industries and they deal with so many different industries that this is affecting their business so broadly because, you know, you would think that um, there's diversification across many industries. So that's good. But in this particular case, it's just affecting so many industries mm -hmm. significantly that it, it's just kind of across the board uh, having a negative effect. Um, so, you know, a, a lot of people I think are at home and they're, you know, going to be at home for a significant amount of time. Many are going to be without jobs are going to be laid off and, are going to be struggling with what do I do now? Um, and so this is completely kind of a side note uh, that I just want to add. And I know that you feel passionate about this as well, um, about just offering some sort of help and value and thought process and, and what somebody can do currently. So uh, I want to recommend a particular book uh, by Russell Brunson, um, and it's just called 30 Days. Uh, obviously, I'm showing it here on the video, but for those who are on audio, I'll have it in the links, uh, the notes for... Um, this particular podcast, but it's, um, you know, it, it's basically just, it, you know, the name of the book, you suddenly lose everything. Uh, what would you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? And the reason why I love this book is it's not just specific to one idea. This is a compilation of uh, many, many 
business owners that do everything online that have had awesome success, uh, you know, in the millions of dollars uh, generated and they each break down their particular business and what they would do if they had to start over from day one. So the reason why this is so interesting, you can just kind of go and read the titles for each chapter and just see what catches you and what, um, you know, sparks your interest and your creativity and then dive into that chapter and get into it and say, man, you know what? Yes, I could do this. I could dive into this. So again, I'm going to put the link there. Um, I think there's value in that to just, uh, you know, spark your creativity and realize that just cause you're home, and, and, you know, maybe something huge has happened, like you've lost your job or you're laid off, but there is things for you to do and, and, and a way to flourish in, in this environment. Absolutely. You know, and, and that actually is, is really the, the piece that we also wanted to get into, aside from just giving an update on staffing mastery, is because in this time of uncertainty, people start to think, how do I get through it? You know, is my job safe or is my business safe? And we just had a call last night with an individual, a mutual friend of ours. It was asking a lot of the same questions, you know, like, hey, if I wanted to start a business, how would I do that? You know, and how much money should I plan on? And, and a lot of these things, you know, and I wanted to, I thought it would actually be a good message because there's it's probably not just him that's, that's thinking about this right now. There's probably a lot of people that are thinking, Absolutely. you know, how do I start a business? You know, how do I, you know, how does that actually work? And if I'm just a solopreneur right now, I'm just one person that provides a service, like, how do I insulate myself and better protect myself against economic downturn or things like that? So I'd like to spend a little bit just kind of digging into that if, if we can and Absolutely. sharing that with our, with our audience, if, if it's okay. Let's do it. So the, the biggest thing that, that I shared, you know, when he asked that question, like, how do I know what business to start or, or whatnot, or how do I start a business? You know, the, the first thing that, that I really advise people on when they're asking that question or thinking about it is, you know, if you're going to start a business, I think it's important to understand like what a business actually is. The purpose of that business obviously is to make money and how money is made. You know, just, just understand that it's, it's a lot of 101 level stuff. But I think if you understand that, you know, obviously, you know, the purpose of a business is to make money and how money is made in the business world is it's by solving problems for other people or businesses, right? So, I mean, and that's really it. Like people don't buy your product or service. They buy what your product or service does for them, right? And that's the nature of it. So if you're thinking about it from that respect, you have to think about what business can I start that's going to solve a problem, you know? And then you have to measure the viability of it. Is, is it a problem worth solving, right? You know, sometimes like some problems, they're just not worth solving. And, and nobody's going to give you money to solve the problem. You know, that's just it, you know, so uh, you have to really think about that piece of it. Now, in that in that context, you know, when you talk about how much money can you make in the business, it all depends on how important that problem is for that business or, or that that person. Right. If it's really important that they solve this problem there and it create in solving, it creates more value for them. They're certainly going to pay you more for it. If it's a trivial problem that's solved and it's not very valuable for them to be solved, they're going to pay you less money, if anything at all. So. So I want to give those big broad brushstrokes about, you know, that's really how, what business is. It's about solving problems for somebody and sharing in the value creation that the solution of, of the, that provides. So um, anything to add to that, Shreep, before I kind of jump into some of the stuff I wanted to share? No, I think you're on the right track. Let's hear it. Awesome. So, so I'm going to give kind of an example. If, if I'm starting out, you know, that whole, the book that you shared, the 30 days, I think that's great feedback. And I would encourage everybody to, to take a look at that, you know, and think about what can they do with the next 30 days, you know, during this uncertain time to maybe add some value. But 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to talk specifically about solopreneurs right now. So if you're looking to start a business, you know, certainly think about what I just shared with you and think about what you can do to provide value. But I'm going to talk about a solopreneur and I'm going to say, if you're going to get into business, you know, it's a lot easier to get into a service industry. It's less capital intensive. You don't need a lot of money. You know, you don't need a, you know, a lot of special equipment or things like that if it's a service industry typically. So for the purpose of what we're talking about today, I just want to kind of talk about that because most of the solopreneurs that I know in my world, they are service industry people. So I'm actually going to do a screen share. So if you are listening to this on audio and you're like, hey, I can't quite follow along, literally just go to the Facebook group for the FAQ show uh, and you'll see the video posted there. So just going to share this quick. I'll post so, a link to the, to the Facebook group in, uh, in the notes, show notes. Awesome. Awesome. So, so here's, here's what I want to share with you. The, the solopreneur is somebody that they are working by themselves and they set out and they're providing a service. This could be you know, it could be a carpenter, it could be, you know, a solo auto mechanic with a little shop, it could be a house painter, you know, it could be a photographer, could be a social media manager type, somebody that, that they set out on their own to have their own little, their business and providing a service to a person or a company, right? So if that's you, if you fall in that category of solopreneur, or you're thinking about becoming a solopreneur, what I'm going to share with you today is some pretty foundational stuff that's going to help you actually manage your business the right way and avoid some pretty important traps that can set you back and kind of get you stuck, you know, ending up worse than just working a minimum wage job. So the, the biggest thing I want to share with you that if you are a solopreneur, one, a lot of what you have to do, you know, always depends on the value you provide, but it's always going to be done in business development. Like how many customers can you actually get to provide that value to? And you're going to have to really figure that piece out. We'll talk a little bit about that on the back end, but the reason that's so important is because obviously you're selling your time. You know, if you're a photographer, you're going to have people come to your studio or you're going to go on site and take pictures at a wedding or a corporate event or something like that. It's really your time and your expertise that you're selling. So most often you're going to be billing this in units of time. You know, and it might not, it might not, you know, visualize that way to your customer. You might say, Hey, this package is for, you know, $800, but on the back end, you need to be thinking about it as how much time goes into delivering that $800 package, right? Because that's really what you have to manage. That's your inventory as a solopreneur is your time, you know, and how much time do you have to commit to this every single week? Do you have 20 hours? Do you have 10 hours, 40 hours, 80 hours? What does that look like? How much inventory of time do you have? You know, and you should really get used to thinking about billable hours and non-billable hours because your billable hours are the, that's the valuable asset that you can actually capture value with. So if I'm a photographer and I'm going to go out to shoot a wedding or a corporate event, I'm going to think about how much time is going to go into this event. There might be some, you know, some prep setup time that I need to think about, you know, maybe it's 30 minutes or an hour and then I got to, you know, drive to a location, you know, or maybe have someone come to my location. I got to have setup time, Right. You know, there's time involved with that. Then there's the physical time that I'm there actually shooting the imagery and capturing all that side of it. You know, and then there's transportation time back. And then there's obviously development time of the photographs and editing and all the stuff you might need to do and then shipping it. So you're really going to have to think about how much time goes into every aspect of that when you think about pricing it out. Right. So, so just for the, the sake of, of what you can see on the screen here, you know, a lot of solopreneurs I know, and I don't know why this always is, but they basically kind of say $50 an hour is like their bill rate that they think about. I don't know if it's because it's a round number, if it's bigger than what they might make on the open market, but small enough to not be afraid of it. 
I don't know, but that tends to be like the number that I usually see people come with and like, Hey, this is what I charge for my time. So if you think about that and it's like, okay, that works fine. That's your number. That's your number. I'm not going to criticize that just yet, but you have to think about how many hours per week are you actually able to bill somebody that $50 an hour? Okay. Because here's the first trap. People will feel like they're really, really busy and they're working 40, 50 hours a week. But yet at the end of the week, they didn't literally make, you know, you know, 800 to whatever, you know, whatever that $50 hour because they didn't bill for all of their time. Right. So you have to think about this. Okay. And this, this is the example that I'm showing on the screen here is if you charge $50 per hour, if you're only billing for 30 of those and you're actually doing other work for like 10 hours that you can't actually bill to your customers. So you're putting in a 40 hour full-time 40 hour week, like the rest of working America, you know, your effective bill rate per hour is only 3750. Okay. Is that after taxes? Nope. This is your, this is your gross revenue number. Okay. Wow. This is basically before tag, before you pay yourself, before you pay taxes on what you pay yourself, before you actually have your operation expense come out of it and, and to run the business. And this is the first trap is because you're like, Hey, $50 an hour. What I can do is I can pay myself $25 per hour. Right. And then I can pay for all these other things or whatnot. And you're typically going to be thinking about working it off of a $50 bill rate. But the reality is, is because of those unbilled hours, you end up with a lower bill rate than 3750. So what happens is you oftentimes have to still pay your OPEX. So it's your personal wages that get crushed. Right. So you have to be thinking about this, you know, and how do you maximize it? And I'll tell you, there's a lot of solopreneurs that I've met over my time that their ratio looks more like 20 to 20, you know, or actually even worse, 20 to 30, where they think they're billing $50 an hour, but they're putting so much free time on the back end for various reasons that I'll talk about in just one second, that their effective bill rate's only $20 per hour. I think that's such a huge point to just drill home. I, when I saw that, when you put that together, it just is pretty shocking. And it's something that, you know, as a solo entrepreneur, you may not think about. Most of them probably don't. So it's, most, this is great. Most people don't, at least not the ones that, I, that I've met, you know, so you have to really think about this piece of it. And a lot of times it's like, well, non-billable hours. Well, here's the thing. It's not like you're literally sitting down doing nothing for 30 hours a week. Like it's, that's not what it is. Let me tell you where non-billable hours come into play. There's some important non-billable hours that as an owner, you're never going to get away from. It's, you know, sitting down at your QuickBooks and keeping up with your books and invoicing customers and chasing the check. Like all those things you can't bill people for. You're going to be doing those things every single week. Okay. So when, so my lesson to you on that one is figure out how to be as efficient as possible doing those things to decrease the amount of time of, of non-billable hours that you have doing the administrative task of your business. Okay. Here is the biggest time waster for non-billable hours that every solopreneur that I've ever, ever met falls victim to. It's the free time or the freebies that they give their clients right? It's that client that they, they set a, a scope. They say, Hey, this is our statement of work. I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot this wedding for you. And I think it's going to take me eight hours. You know, I've got kind of two hours of setup and travel. I'm going to be on site for four hours doing this. And then I got two hours of, of travel and editing, right? And the ship it to eight hours. They bill it as such, you know, but what happens is then like they're out there and then they're like, Hey, can you stay and do this one thing for us? And you're like, well, yeah, since I'm here, I'll just do that. Right. And then you take even more time and maybe it's 30 minutes or maybe it's an hour and then it creates more content and then you got to edit it. Right. The reception and you, runs long and people get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the fun content to shoot. But like what happens is it, it, it crushes your time. Right. And then it's like, and then it's, and then it creates more content that you've got to edit, which is going to take longer. And then maybe you don't have a, a limit to the number of revisions that you do in your, in your delivered product. 
you know, so the customer kicks back, I don't like this thing. Can you change? It's like, yeah, no problem. I'm happy to do that for you. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I don't like this thing now, you know, and I used to like this thing, but now I don't like this thing. Can you fix it? And you're like, yeah, happy to do that for you because you want to please your customer and you're afraid to lose them. Well, all these things end up being non-billable hours. So I, I recommend to entrepreneurs that the fix to this one is one, be cognizant of that and be willing to say no and say, hey, this is, you know, any time, any additional time spent on this project is going to result in a bill rate of X and then just put your bill rate in there. And I would highly recommend making a little bit more than what your typical bill rate is, right? It's kind of a penalty for going into overtime. And then also put in there that like any number, like I'm going to give you this number of revisions. Like if you're in graphic design or branding or marketing and you're designing something for somebody, there's naturally going to be some back and forth with revisions, but you need to cap that. You need to say, Hey, we're going to do three rounds of revisions, right? Anything beyond three rounds is going to be subject to this, this bill rate. Right. That way, if you spend more time on it, you can actually tack on these billable hours. Right. The expectation. Exactly. Exactly. And don't be so afraid that like if you if, if you have to charge people more that you're going to lose them. It's just managing it. And they, and they might say, hey, you know what? I actually like this. I don't need to have it go this another 10 hours. I don't need to pay another $500 to make this little change. It's not a big deal. It's cool. I'm good. Right. So so you need to start getting this back back in check where you're like, you know, at the very least, 75% of your time is billable, right? That's going to, that's going to be the very least. And just to show you kind of over here on the side, if, if you're a solopreneur and you're like, Hey, you know, I want to generate $80,000 a year, like by $80,000, I'll be able to pay myself what I want. I'll be able to run my business, have a little bit of a, of a buffer in there. You know, even still, if your bill rates 55 or $50 an hour and you're running 30 hours a week and 10 non-billable, it still would actually take you 41 hours a week just to make that 80 grand mark. Okay. So a little bit more than, than the average American work week, right. Or a typical for full-time work week. Right. So, so those are the things that I recommend people be aware of, but you know, that's, that's not where, that's not where it stops. You know, the power of being a business owner comes down to leverage, you know, it comes down to actually earning on the efforts of other people. You know, Carnegie once said that he would rather have 1% of the efforts of 100 people versus 100% of his own efforts, right? He understood that you don't want to be leveraged one over one. And here's why. You know, let's say that you're in a situation here where you're billing 30 hours a week and you're doing this and all of a sudden some pandemic ends up hitting the country and you get sick and you're down and you can't work. You can't work these 30 hours. You can't work these 10 hours, right? Like you're just recovering. Like this, all this revenue is gone. Like that, it wrecks you, right? It hurts you. So that's where, that's one way that leverage can, you know, help protect you and kind of insulate you against some of these things. And this is the scariest moment in a solopreneur's life and their journey is when do I hire somebody? How do I know when I have the ability to actually hire another person, right? And because that, like going from like one person to, you know, yourself to another person or zero to one employees is like the scariest jump. But once you figure out the formula to do that and how to manage that process, going from one to two is easy. Going from two to three is easy, you know? And then as you scale, then like you get past 10, then it's another challenge and you get past hundred, it's another challenge. But literally going from zero to one is your first big hurdle. And I want to kind of break down what that looks like and the power of going from zero to one. So if you jump over this sheet, you'll see a lot of it stays the same. There's still you and 30 hours, billable 10, total of 40, bill rate 50. You know, your net bill rate's 3750 you know, and then obviously you've got earning potential at 40 hours a week of 78K. So pretty close to your total revenue target of 80. Well, let's say you add this EE1, employee number one here, right? And I'm just going to, you know, if you actually put somebody down here, let's say you bring somebody in and you can actually have them work, you know, 25 hours. 
right? Kind of you, you don't always, unless you have a lot of work, you can't always just start someone full time, right? So you got to try to find a part time person that can actually deliver the value, you know? So this is, this is what this might look like when you as the entrepreneur are starting to work more overtime and your schedule might literally be like 40 billable hours a week and 10 non billable hours and you're putting in 50 hours or, or maybe it's, you know, 50 and 10, you're putting in 60 hours a week and you're crushing it. I highly, highly recommend take that opportunity and hire somebody and hand off 20 hours of that work, hire a part-time person, you know, hand off 20 hours worth of work. You know, you can still build the same rate for it. As long as you teach the person to deliver the same quality, you as the owner are going to focus on QC, making sure the stuff going out to your customers is the same standard that you have. Right. But here's the thing you can control what that person's working on. So they literally, you can minimize the non billable time right? It's a little harder to do for yourself, but for them, you can say, Hey, I only want you focused on billable stuff. There might be some internal administrative stuff reporting or things. They got to jump on a call with you to clarify stuff that you can't build to the customer per se, you know, so that's going to be minimal, but there's always going to be something like it's, it's hard to bill 100% of your time out. But even this, this case by doing 20 and five, they're only working 25 hours a week, a good part-time person, but your effective bill rates $40 per hour. Okay. You're paying them 40 or $20 an hour. Yeah. And, and now here's an example. So here we go. Same thing, billable hours, non-billable, the same thing, but you don't have to pay the bill rate. You don't even have to pay them what you pay yourself. You can still pay them really well and say, Hey, I'm going to pay you $20 an hour to do this work, you know, and you know, their total expenses. And this is all in, this is benefit rate burden. This is like your total expenses on a person, you know, per week is this amount right here, you know, for the time they have, which means your expense rate, you know, the cost to have that person is $26 per hour you know, taken out of the, the 40, which is their effective bill rate. Again, that's, you don't get to bill hundred percent of your time likely, which means your net margin per hour as a, as a business is $14 per hour, right? That's how much extra margin you're making just by having that person on there doing the work. Right. And then as you build your time back up and you and back to your 30 and 10, you're working that 40 hours a week, right? This is what this looks like. And I want, and again, for the people that are, if you're listening to this, go check this out on Facebook and see, this is highly visual you know, hopefully you're able to follow along, but it's, it's super spreadsheet visual. So you got to go check this thing out. This is what this might look like. Forget about the wages and OPEX for a second, but just through this model right here, it actually gives you 10 more hours that you could afford because you're making $14 margin an hour. Okay. Now let me show you where that comes from. Check this out. If you're doing all this here, just you and one person and you're both billing, you know, you're billing 30 hours a week, person's billing 20, you got 15 total hours of non-billable time a week. Realistically, you can, you have an earning potential of 78 K your employee has an earning potential after their own expense of 18 two, right. For a total of 96 two, right. After paying them. So after paying your employee, your revenue is 96 two. If you want to say, Hey, I'm going to earn a prudent wage for a small business. I'm going to pay myself $45,000 a year, plus all my employer burden and benefits and all of that stuff you know, your cost is 58.5, right? Take that out of the 96.2. Let's say you give yourself $2,000 a month to run your business. You know, this is going to be an office, maybe an incubator, a co-working space or a small, you know, executive office somewhere. You're going to get some internet, you know, it's going to be some, some branding material and maybe the digital tools that you need to edit photography or manage social media or whatever it might be, right? Something like that in the service industry, you know, and then it gives you an extra margin of $13,700 per year. And that extra margin can be used to hire somebody else and, and bring them in, right? Or pay your, give your current hour or your current employee more hours, right? So that's where the 10 hour capacity comes from. And this is where I want to show you. This is, this is the, 
this is the coup d'etat right here. So we'll say we take these 10 hours of capacity and we give them to the full-time employee and we say, hey, I have, we have 10 more hours worth of work that we can do and we take that person to 30 hours, right? So all we did is we just took that capacity to 30 hours, we bumped them up, five hours non-billable still, still doing the same reporting administrative stuff internally. You know, now their effective rate actually goes up to 4286, which means you're actually making more per hour on that person, which means you can go through all of this stuff, still pay yourself this, and now you're actually then further increasing the margin that you have and actually coming up with an extra 19 hours of capacity of people. So explain really quick, uh, where again, where that hours of, what's the definition of the hours of capacity? So this is basically how many hours could you afford to pay somebody based on this additional margin after you, gotcha. after you pay your employee, after you pay yourself, and after you have your operation expense budget, you, you pay to run your business. So this is basically your net profit. If you were to exhaust your net profit, you could exhaust it by paying somebody 19 hours here, right? And if you remember the earlier example, we started paying someone 25 hours a week, right? So now you could literally hire someone else out for maybe 15 hours a week and four hours non-build, right? And that, that's only going to compound this. Every time that you keep adding because you're paying somebody less money than the it bill rate. It just builds, it builds and builds. Yeah. So, so now, so every time you add somebody, you actually create more capacity to add more people. So that means the only two problems you have to solve, one is, are you providing a valuable service to your customer? What is the content that you're providing? And two, how do I get more customers? Right. And then eventually like maybe, maybe this next person here, this 19 hours of capacity is someone that focuses on outreach and business development, right. To basically fill your plate with, you know, you and, and your, your person's play. And again, you as an owner, sometimes you'll have to take on more business than 40 hours a week initially, and that'll kind of ebb and flow. But then eventually you'll get to a point where you can stabilize out and your team will be able to take the ebb and flow. Right. Which this is, this is really unique because I think what most business owners, when they're thinking about bringing on somebody, there's a fear and there's a, this is a liability. This is, uh, you know, I, I, I have to provide for this person, but in this scenario, it's kind of flipping that and still being conscious of what your obligations are going to be, but realizing what they're going to do. And if you have a healthy business that, you know, you have those hours to bill because of their work, it's going to compound and compound and actually free up and create more hours and more revenue to, to reinvest. So it's, I think it's just a, a different way to look at it and a better way to look at it from, from a, a prosperity mindset instead of a fear-based mindset. I agree. And that's, that's the way that you should really look at it. And I know that we've helped some other independent solopreneurs do this exact model to where now they're actually generating more revenue for themselves, you know, than they were just as an independent. You know, but again, it's really important once you figure this out and you start to maximize, like decrease your non-billable time based on improving efficiencies operationally with your administrative time and functions, and then actually decreasing your non-billable hours based on setting, you know, expectation parameters and your agreements with your customers, and then handing off billable hours exclusively to your employees to work on. That's how this piece works, you know, but here's the beautiful thing. Like now we're talking about $50 an hour. Let me show you the impact that this makes. I'm just going to go back to this really quickly. Let's just say we change this to 55. You know, that's my control cell. If you change that to 55, just increase your, your rate 10% from 50 to 55, that's not going to really increase your, your revenue to or wow. your costs. But that same exact scenario will actually allow you to literally add a 31 hour employee, another that just person went from 19. That went from 19 hours to 31 hours by a $5 increase in your billable hour rate. That's, that's incredible. 
Absolutely. You know, so for those so, listening, I just wanted to kind of see, you know, explain what we're looking at. So that's, that's really how you need to think about it. if you're a solopreneur and you're like, Hey, I'm struggling with hiring someone. How do I know how to do that piece of it? You know, you just get into your billable hours and your non-billable time and see what is your effective bill rate per hour and how can you actually reduce the non-billable time and actually get more customers to deliver billable hours to, right? And then figure out where does your price point need to be. And then once you look at that and you see how much business you can hand off, and then that's when you determine, hey, I can hire somebody, you know, and then you can get into kind of looking at this model here to go out and get more business. And then you're both working on more business and the more business you work on, the more hours capacity you end up creating and then you hire somebody else on, right? And that's, that's how business grows. Beautiful. I mean, you guys have to go over to the Facebook page. Uh, it's at the FAQ show again on Facebook and, and listen to and watch that piece. If you, if you're trying to understand it, um, audible audibly here, I can't even say that it's via audio. Um, so I think what I want to just do is, is just kind of touch on really quick, a little bit about the staffing mastery. It's a couple things that I'm going to be working on and, and what we're looking at. And then, you know, we can, we can just kind of close from there. Um, again, we are going to be taking on, uh, likely the guys from, uh, incubate media. Uh, and so you, you and I have agreed to, to look at more of an affiliate program. Uh, we yep. have the benefit of an affiliate program through ClickFunnels. They pretty much, I'm not going to sit here and say that I built this huge thing out. They have a very succinct way to set it up. There is obviously a setup process, but it, it allows you to create links and everything with unique IDs and sticky cookies that will allow for, um, you know, you to work with folks on a revenue share basis so that when they deliver for you, they get paid. Um, so we have a little bit less upfront cost and, and we can share the, the revenue with, uh, the people that are helping us, you know, build the traffic and, and, and capture the traffic. So, um, I just want to explain, just wanted to explain that piece. And, and that's something that we're doing with a couple of different folks, um, and teams. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty exciting to see what they do and I hope they crush it. And I hope that we have to write a big check for them. <laughs> So absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I, I hope so too. Definitely. So, um, I guess there, Dan, that's kind of all I had. Um, did you have some more that you wanted to, uh, say, or we can just kind of close it out? No, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I wanted to share that cause it came up last night and I'm sure it's not only on his mind, you know, and, and hopefully that adds a little bit of value. And if you got questions about that, how that all works and you want to run through a little workshop with me, like hit me up. Awesome. Well, again, I appreciate uh, everybody joining us. Uh, stay safe out there and uh, we will talk to you guys and see you guys next episode. Awesome.